Welcome to the Messy Life Mighty Love Podcast. I am Abby, your host, storyteller, fellow Messy Life journeyer, and friend. Before I begin, if you have enjoyed this podcast, would you please take just a moment to rate and review it? It really does help others find this messy, hope-filled space. Thanks so much. You are listening to episode 33, Messy Thanksgiving. In this episode, I share my own messy journey with Thanksgiving, both the holiday and the act of giving thanks. There's family, tradition, drama, and all of the beauty of what happens when God enters the mess. Hope you listen in. It was cold noses and cheeks, winter coats and backyard football, swinging and twirling on swings with cousins, talking about boys we liked at school, and every, I mean every kind of yummy food related to Thanksgiving. It was a rented hall with a pool table in the back and later my cousin's school gym, each with loads of long 10-person tables. My mom was one of 10 children and this was our Thanksgiving. Over a hundred people as the kids married and brought their kids, and there were 44 of those. Then there were always the friends we all had who didn't have a home for Thanksgiving, and so they came too. There were many turkeys cooked perfectly by aunties, everyone's special dish, and I especially remember my Aunt Mickey's M&M cookies and my Aunt Debbie's peanut butter treats. She cut in such small squares so we didn't eat too much. I snuck them anyhow. As you can tell, I have always had a sweet tooth. My sister remembers making instant mashed potatoes to stretch the regular ones as they were mixed together. Then there were the prospective spouses for my cousins and me. If they made it through Thanksgiving, there was some chance they were a keeper. But two or three, all the better. And if they volunteered to do the dishes, well, that just won us all over. There was, in my early years, a show each family was in charge of to perform. And being the farmers of the family, we did some interesting renditions of Old McKeener instead of Old MacDonald. For a while, we exchanged family gifts. It was mirth and joy and together in the best of ways. As I got older, it was meaningful to catch up by having a good talk with this cousin or that aunt or so-and-so's friend. We never could get to everyone, But with the hugs of hello, we always tried. It all meant a great deal of togetherness, and I adored those Thanksgivings. However, as would inevitably happen, we outgrew, literally, all of the places we met. But more, as my generation, the grandchildren, married, we were just pulled in too many directions. We started to see each family sit together because they needed to catch up with each other. When we used to just find a place with our cousin's family or make cousin tables, and we were all mismatched around those large spaces in the early days. Over the years, there have been plenty of hardships in this family. It's been 27 years since our beloved Pop-Pop went home to heaven, and a mere nine years later, so did my mother, then our Mormor, eight years ago. And very sadly, four of my cousins have since died, all tragically and way too young. When you're young, you think these things will last forever. At least I did. 
Thanksgiving was the extension of home. I never minded folding into our station wagon to make the 1.5-hour trip to Lancaster. I would learn later that my mother, after getting up between 4 and 5 a.m. to finish all the food, did not want to finally go. Of course she wanted to go, but it all made her so tired. And after doing a few Thanksgivings of my own, turkeys and all, I understand. Looking back, it wasn't a single thing about Thanksgiving that I loved the most. It was rather that I had somewhere I belonged with many people who cared about me and my life. As the Thanksgiving get-togethers waned and I moved too far away to come, I realized what I was missing. It was this sense of belonging and, two, being a woman who could now cook food that people could eat, I so wanted to share this food with others. I suppose somewhere in there was thankfulness. We definitely celebrated that and our faith when we gathered when we were all younger. But how could I really get how special it was as a kid, who at that time hadn't known much lack? Yes, later I knew great lack, but not then in those days. My missing of these times all came to a head one Thanksgiving in 2010 in Florida. My friends all had plans and I had nowhere to go and I was devastated. I grieved all I missed and had lost. I poured out my heart to God and surrendered. It was when Ann Voskamp's book, One Thousand Gifts, came out, and I'd been counting the gifts before the book came. I said the broken hallelujah and gave thanks for the pain I didn't understand, and I cooked. Turkey, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, green beans, stuffing, and more. We asked our Muslim neighbors and a young man from church without family to come, and they did. We shared food and family and reenacted the Thanksgiving story through the little people place that we had. It was beautiful, not at all what I would have picked, but beautiful and what God gave. Thanksgiving is thanks living, and learning the hard thanks is so much a part of growing up in a broken world. I will always treasure those Thanksgiving days of long ago, but have learned to make space for these days and what God brings. Last year, we had another Muslim family join us and our friends from church. God is always opening wide in our true thanksgivings. More than anything, thanking him in all things pours forth his light, that unstoppable light which pierces the darkness of our grief of what is gone in this life. And this light that pierces, it can never, ever, ever be overcome. I hope you've enjoyed this meditation on Thanksgiving and in this unique year of so much strangeness, when much looks different in our gatherings, that you have been encouraged to thank him for all which yet remains, most of all, him, always him. May you consider this time well spent. For more from me, my journey with mental illness, my current series on vulnerability, and many other things about which I have written over the years, visit my website, abigailalleman.com. That's Abigail, A-B-I-G-A-I-L, Alleman, A-L-L-E-M-A-N.com. There are a couple of free eBooks you will find helpful for your journey. You can also find me on Instagram at abigail.alleman. I will leave you with an excerpt from Anne Voskamp's gorgeous book I highly recommend, A Thousand Gifts. 
from page 33. As long as thanks is possible, then joy is always possible. Joy is always possible. Whenever meaning now. Whenever meaning here. The holy grail of joy is not in some exotic location or some emotional mountain peak experience. The joy wonder could be here, here in the messy, piercing ache of now. Joy might be, unbelievably, possible. The only place we need see before we die is this place of seeing God here and now. Amen. Yes, in this messy, piercing ache of now, what we need is to break that bread of thankfulness, of the moments that God gives us. And as we remember the bread of God, the body given from Christ daily in all things, that we might live, that we might live, may that fill our hearts with thanks. I would love to meet you right here next time.